One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to The Shift, the podcast that aims to tell the no-holds-barred truth about being a woman post-40. Created and hosted by me, journalist and author, Sam Baker. Feel like your wardrobe has turned against you? Your body's gone AWOL and you've mislaid your style mojo? This week's guest is the answer to your sartorial prayers. Fashion journalist Erica Davis's career spans two decades. At 24, she was the youngest ever national newspaper fashion editor. At 44, she's a legitimate Instagram influencer, one of very few representing the Legion women between 30 and 80. She has over 150,000 followers and has just captured her styling wisdom in a book, Leopard is a Neutral. Why aren't these brands talking to the 40 plus shopper? Because ultimately we're the ones with a little bit more disposable income who are looking to spend a little bit more money. And no, she's not loaded and she's not a size eight. She's a working mum of two with a body to match which is why her book is so useful. Listen on for her advice on what to do when you feel like the fashion industry is shoving you out the door into granny clothes, how to regain your style identity, and why fashion rules are, well, frankly, bollocks. Hello, Erica. Welcome to The Shift. So tell us, give me a little bit of a whistle-stop tour through your career. Well, I always, always knew I wanted to be a journalist, always. The fashion thing came because I loved absolutely loved and when I say loved devoured fashion magazines so bought every single one going just devoured them knew all the models names you know I was just obsessed so when I got to that stage the journalist and the fashion thing merged in my head and then I went to university I did English language at Newcastle University and then when I was there I just started writing to every publication going asking for work experience I'd read somewhere probably in just 17 that that's the way that you did it you just had to get there <laughs> also I'm from the northwest of England I'm from Birkenhead it wasn't as though I had family friends who could help me get a foot in the door yeah, or, quite. Um, you know my parents were they worked on the Wirral they had managerial jobs so it wasn't as though I was from this particular background so I knew that work experience would be a really good way of doing it so the first bit of work experience that I was offered was with Style Challenge which was a BBC morning show 
Um, and the brilliant Jane Galpin produced it, who did the clothes show with Karen Franklin. And she's a bit of a force of nature in the fashion world. And I did that straight after uni. So came down, lived with my aunt and uncle in Kent. He used to commute in every day, had absolutely zero money. And then it just grew from there. And then I met different fashion editors because I was working on that show, one of whom was Ollie Picton Jones, who's then the fashion director of the Mirror. So I met Ollie and she and I became close because we started to do something else for another morning show where I was helping getting the clothes sorted. And then she offered me a position as fashion assistant on the Mirror. And then it sort of went from there. So I was at the Mirror for three years under Piers Morgan. And the youngest Uh, ever fashion editor, yeah? Or was that on the sun? That was when I went to the Sun, yeah. So I was 24 when I went to the Sun, um, which was, yeah, that was mind-blowing. That was something that I remember that week. I split up with my boyfriend who I was living with, started a job, moved out of our flat, started the job on the Sun. And it was one of those sink or swim things. But I've always been okay at that. I think if you've got something, you just need to throw yourself in the deep end and get on with it. I think that's the best situation to be in, really. Just like, you know, do it or, yeah, like you say, sink or swim, do it or crash, you know. Exactly. Absolutely. So then I was at the Sun for 10 years, and that was a huge, huge part of my life. Um, I, you know, obviously before children, I met my husband there. But when I started, it was very much a double page spread of lingerie. And then when I left, (laughs) and then when I left, we were doing amazing trips with amazing photographers. And I was sort of, I was the art director and the stylist on the shoot. So it sort of began and ended with my idea. Um, And then I would write news stories, the fashion shows. It was full on. It was absolutely (laughs) full on. I mean, an amazing experience. So I was there from 24 to 34 and then got married while I was there and had both my children while I was there. What was the moment for you when you thought, I'm going to try something different? I'm going to, I'm going to do, what, what made you move into digital? Well, so when I left The Sun, I went to Look Magazine as fashion and beauty director. And I was there for probably 18 months. But during my second pregnancy, I had started my blog. I sort of thought, I know what this is. Or I know this game. I know that I'm going to yeah. have some lots of time when I could write about it also the mummy blogger world had really blown up but I knew that I didn't necessarily want to talk about breastfeeding and breast pumps and the best buggy I wanted to talk about what was calling cause what and you talk about it so well in your book and and then it was a slightly different shift for me my shift was that I had my uniform sorted in the office I knew exactly who I was I knew exactly what I was what would wear but my issue was the shift into motherhood and that Mm. being at home and not needing to wear those fancy clothes and those fancy shoes and those fancy earrings it was okay who on earth am I now for so long I'd been America from the sun America from look and then suddenly I was just oh it's just me (laughs) oh god I know that feeling so well yeah it's a strange feeling it's an unnerving feeling it's as though something's been taken from you and even though you're very happy with your lot and I really Mm. was you know being a mum was very important to me and I loved it it's so much of my identity had been wrapped up in who I was you know my jobs I'm sure you know because you had exactly the same situation yeah yeah I mean it is that's exactly what it is though isn't it it's like you just said it's identity 
And it is like, who am I if I'm not that person? Well, your your clothes are the outward manifestation of who you are. And if you don't know who you are, what do you put on when you get up in the morning? And what should you be wearing? And then, you know, all those rules that you've assimilated over the, the whole of your life, you know, you shouldn't wear that for your shape or that colour doesn't suit you or oh. you haven't got the legs for that or you haven't got, you shouldn't be wearing horizontal stripes. You should be making the most of your waist. And God, I would have smacked my head against the desk. I guess my point about leaving magazines was that I was being asked more. And in fact, it might well have been while you were still at Red because I remember being asked by the team at Red to do a feature and it was based on me for my blog. And I couldn't do it because yeah. I worked for a different magazine. And I just yeah, thought, actually, there's something in this. And this is just crazy. My husband was head of news at The Sun at the time. We had two tiny children. I had a nanny. And every night I would be texting her under the desk saying, can you just stay another hour? Could you just stay another hour? And I knew that the balance was completely off. And I knew that I was being offered these opportunities to do with what I was doing as a side hobby. And I think something just twigged when my son was about to start primary school. And I just thought, what what if I'm the person at home? Whatever this is, I could try it and we could see. And if it doesn't work out, then I could do copywriting or I could do something. But at least I will be at home. We can save the money on the nanny fees. And Do you want to spend more time with your kids as well as try this extra thing? I didn't want to just be an at-home mum and that's absolutely no disrespect to anybody who does because it's the hardest job in the world. I have always been really ambitious and I've always pushed myself and I've done okay from pushing myself. You know, I've made these opportunities for myself and I knew that there was an opportunity there that I had created by building this blog that I could potentially make the two worlds meet a little bit better than they had been. That was very appealing to me. The fact that I could maybe do this after I took my son to school and my daughter was at preschool I could maybe then sit down for a couple of hours on the computer and do a couple of blog posts or respond to a brand. You know, it all just seemed to make sense to me and it grew and grew and grew. And then we decided to move out of London. And that's really when everything took off. I don't think I'd hit 10,000 followers on Instagram at that point. And then it just grew because I don't think I had the cool factor of London anymore. You know, we moved to North Essex. And the things that were relating to me were doing my house up and, okay, what am I wearing now? And going back to that sort of styling aspect, so suggesting things to people, making it a bit more useful, making it a bit more of a magazine rather than a cool coffee picture in a lovely coffee house in South London. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what people want, isn't it? People want ideas and inspiration and they want it from someone who looks a bit more like them. Yeah, I guess so. And also somebody who's put in the years and you know, I can Mm. say that I've done that. I did it for 20 years. So that sense of okay, she's got the history as well. Cast your mind back to when you were working at the Mirror and the Sun. As a young journalist, can you remember kind of looking up and seeing older women doing amazing things or looking up and going, where have all the women gone? That's a really interesting question because I can answer both parts of that. So when I first started, it was definitely the other type columnist. So the very feisty, strong had to be like the men, women who were running those pages who'd fought and fought and fought to be there, but had almost lost a little bit of that softness at the time. You know, they looked incredible. They had makeup on. There were these powerhouses. I remember one woman in particular who's no longer with us, but she used to power around with these leather trousers on and she was making her presence felt. She was fabulous, but you would not want to take a bone off her, as they say in the book. <laughs> 
And um, I love that. But then in contrast, I remember being at the Sun and being there during a time, and I don't think it's like that now, but I remember being there at a time when Rebecca Wade was editor. There were lots of women in senior positions and it felt like there was this change and it felt as though it was a really positive place to be for a woman. I think something like 49% of readers were female at that time. I don't know what it's like now. There's another female editor now. It's an interesting time for print generally, but I think it was interesting to see both sides of that. So that the kind of female who had to almost make herself more male and Mm. then a time when there were lots of strong females there editing the paper. Yeah, there's so many of the women that I spoke to for my book. It's interesting, they're really sick of working for the man. And lots of them either have started their own business or or have side businesses or aspire to. You know so much about blogging and Instagramming. And what would you what would your advice be to women who are going, right, I've had enough. I want to try something new. Do it. I think that's been the most liberating thing is that I'm running my own agenda now. It's, if I don't want to post, I don't have to post. If I want to say something and want to deal with the comments, I can. If I want to share my opinions on something, I can. When you do it in a considered way, there is such opportunity out there to make a voice for yourself. And I genuinely think there's space for everybody. You know, it's a saturated market. But if you've got a niche and you've got something to talk about, I think there is definitely a space for you. On the one hand, it's saturated, but... Before we turn the mic on, we had this really interesting conversation, Um, but we were talking about the chapter in in both our books about fashion and about dressing as you age slightly. And I was looking at scouring Instagram, looking at influencers, and it really struck me that with the exception of you and wonderful Kat Farmer and Alison Walsh, um, that's not my age, All the influencers were either younger, like right down to like six in the case of some of them, or, you know, there were a lot of old influencers, but they were old, you know, they were... Baddy Winkles. Yeah, the Baddy Winkles and the wonderful Iris Apfel. And now, I mean, since I've written the book, that crazy Japanese couple who in the dry cleaners, whose grandson (laughs) has got them wearing. And I absolutely love them. But it felt to me like you had to either be young and cool and very thin, or you had to be old and cool and very thin, actually, and that there were very few in the middle, which is where we find ourselves, you know, between about 40 and 60. But I really couldn't find very many, particularly fashion. I don't want to say influencers because it's so... Oh, I hate that word. What do you like? I still say I'm a fashion editor or I'm a digital content creator. I just think influencer (laughs) sounds so incredibly narcissistic. (laughs) I just can't stand it. And also it sounds as though I just like shopping where actually I've, I've had a career, I've done it. <laughs> yeah, you're, it's based on a real knowledge, isn't it, with you? I mean, I don't, have I missed anybody really great? Is there anybody that you, who would you turn to? There are a few and I totally hear what you're saying, but I think this area, this arena is now really becoming popular I think Tracy Lee Sayer is fabulous. She is Trade Lounge on Instagram. She's obviously the fashion director of Fabulous magazine. There's Paula Sutton, Hill House Vintage. Uh, Anna Cascarina, she's got an amazing Instagram account and she's very, very pro ageless style. And there is Ben's wife style, who is Renya, and she's a little bit more designer, but she's great. And she's must be in her, well, I won't say her age because I might 
completely offend her. But she's an older. Yeah. She's it, she's in that yeah. category, and she looks fantastic. And she, she's making her pictures editorial and cool, and she's doing everything that the twenty-year-olds are doing. What do you think about the representation of women? Because what are you? You're forty-four. Forty-three. Forty-three. Sorry. In, no, it's fine. Forty-four in November. Oh, your book has upaged you. It says you're forty-four. They were obviously cutting ahead. Do you feel represented by the fashion industry visually? First of all, in terms of in ads and in in the material that you're sent, and... no, <laughs> <laughs> in a nutshell, no. But I never have. And even as a fashion editor, I felt like I was too curvy, too big. I was probably a size twelve. I'm a fourteen now. I've never felt represented, so I've always tried to carve my own niche, really. And I'm a white woman. So imagine what it must be like as a black woman in this in our position, not seeing yourself represented at all. That was one of the things that really struck me when I was writing the book, as if if I'm going through all of this, and like you say, I'm a white woman, I'm a straight woman, what must it be like if you're black or, or LGBTQ plus or disabled? Or I mean, you just don't figure, do you? You don't figure. And even when I was writing the book, that was the initial consideration for me so for example when we were talking about the illustrations which were done brilliantly by Emma Cowlam who's done lots of fashion illustrations for Elle and different publications and I said immediately I want every woman to look at the illustrations and feel as though it's talking to them I don't want these very willowy fashion women I want this book to talk to the people who've never really felt included in the conversation before And so that was really important to me to see that kind of representation. I think you made a really great comment that I've written down and I can't actually now find it, but um, about how it doesn't have to be aimed at you, but you you need to still be invited. I can't remember exactly how you put it. You put it much better than that. What what, you found it? It says, um, clothing ranges don't need to scream, here we are to a specific demographic. It's that the party needs to include an invitation to everyone. Yeah. And I think that's that's exactly it's, it, isn't it? It's about choice, isn't it? It's about the fact that you can go into Topshop if you want to and you can find things, but you don't feel as though you're excluded from their party and that you've forced into the kitchen and you're standing with your back yeah. against the sink. You know, it's it's a strange place to be. I do remember being in a in a high street store recently and just looking around thinking I'm I'm now not part of this. This is not speaking to me. And that's a personal choice as well. You know, I'm definitely looking for more natural fabrics. I'm not very interested in polyester mixes anymore. You know, it, <laughs> there's, there's been that shift in my own brain. But equally, I was talking to a friend who is the PR director for a, I'll say, a well-known online fashion retailer. And I was saying to her, I used to have so many things in the watch list, you know, in in your virtual basket. I used to find great pieces and things that looked like other places and the material was really nice. I said, and now I'm just not not finding anything. And she said, Well, you're 40. We're not really interested in in you anymore as a customer. And they were saying they'd missed the boat in other the brands, you know, those young online retailers that are all based in Manchester. Yeah, and whatnot, yeah. Yeah. She said, and it's all about the uh, cycling short and matching crop top. <laughs> and I thought, well, there we go. That'll be why you've got nothing in your basket, Erica. 
It's kind of one thing, isn't it, when it's them and they feel like they should have been competing with Misguided and Boohoo and that they've missed a trick. Because if it's who I think it is, that is kind of where they came in. But when it's somebody like, say, a quite famous Scandinavian high street retailer, who at least one of their brands, everybody I know north of 40 shops there. Yeah. And a, a fashion insider told me that this particular shop with a very short name, they know that their customer is like a fashion-interested woman over 40, but they consciously will not sell to her because they think it will put off younger customers. Well, it's interesting. So that Scandinavian brand with a very short name, I've just been doing some work with. And the comments have been fantastic on my post that I have shared with that brand. And my audience is actually broadly split into the two categories of 25 to 34 and 34 to 44. <clears throat> Sorry, losing my voice. Yeah, no. And what's interesting is that the demographic all really bought into that brand. So they could all go there and find something that worked for them, whether they were over that age bracket or younger. And I think it's really interesting. But I found that so interesting when you said that in your book. And it goes back to that, are you seeing yourself? Why mm. aren't these brands talking to the 40 plus shopper? Because ultimately, we're the ones with a little bit more disposable income who are looking to spend a little bit more money. Personally, I don't need to see myself. But when you only see literally 16 year olds who probably weigh about six stone, then that's such a big leap from my no longer a size 10 body. You have to have real fashion vision, which you have to be able to look at one of those young girls and go, oh yeah, that'll suit me. Especially now every now we are all shopping more and more online. Yeah. And that particular retail does have some work to do online as well. Not that I've got it in for them. It's just that they came up a lot when I was doing research. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they've got a sister brand who I think are doing really nice things. Yeah. Um, and those two particularly are probably the brands that are most aspirational to certain followers that I have. You know, they are the brands mm. that they would invest in. Yeah. That would be an investment level for them. And I'm, I'm very conscious about that. You know, is it a brand that is seeing us? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, I think that's the thing that came through again and again. I mean, I spoke to more than 50 women when I was researching the book because I wanted a real wide variety of experience. I just It couldn't just be about me. It had to be about all the different women with all the different experiences and different backgrounds. But almost uniformly, regardless of their personal style, whether they were like they loved a suit or they loved bodycon or they just wanted to be able to leave the house not feeling like a bag lady, which is me most of the time, you know, whether their style is mannish, they uniformly just felt like the fashion industry wasn't interested in them. And why is that? Is it just because like, if you're old, you're not cool and that's that? I think there's a lot to do with the aesthetics. I think it's a lot to do with the visuals. I think it's a lot to do with the way that brands want to see themselves in magazines and on billboards. And, you know, a 40-year-old, <laughs> as you said in your book, a bit of back fat and, you know, <laughs> a, a bit of a love handle maybe isn't necessarily the the dream vibe for them but I think they're so missing the point and so missing a trick and actually for me the reason that I wrote the book was because of the number of direct messages and comments that I was getting from women who just increasingly felt lost you know and I was getting very very specific questions I've got this I've got this event coming up I've put weight on I've had a baby I feel lost Mm. I'm going back to work after having a baby. I'm going back to work after taking 20 years out to raise my children. You know, and it all comes down to confidence. But it's a vicious circle because then if we're not seeing those people reflected back at us, then you go back into your mind and start thinking about all those the negative points about fashion where you were growing up and you were told that you shouldn't be wearing certain things. And you're, that's, that's the basis. That's the foundation on which you've got to base your current self. So it really all needs to come together. You need to see those people reflected back. You need to have the confidence to wear what the hell you like. If you're comfortable in it and you feel great in it, that is really the best advice I could offer. Where do you get that, though? The, the confidence. confidence. Yeah. You can just start off really, really small. It could be a slick of lipstick with, you know, a T-shirt and jeans. It could just just build it up slowly, slowly. Don't go and suddenly start thinking you've got to change your entire world and your entire wardrobe. It doesn't work like that. It's, It's a process and it will happen and you will get there. It's also, so for example, with me going on maternity leave and not having a clue where to start with my casual, smart look, I stuck to a uniform and I I know you've touched on the uniform dressing in your book and I think that's a really good place to start if you like a breast on top and a pair of jeans but you're going back to work then maybe elevate those fabrics wear a striped top in a different fabric with a smarter cut pair of jeans and a jacket just make it easy for yourself don't start thinking that you've got to change the world it's really really interesting isn't it I think I mean obviously lockdown will have addressed this for loads of people and like you were saying when you Um, went on maternity leave and you had no need for the high heels and the fancy earrings and the the fancy dresses I mean I'm going to stand up now I have literally worn this 501-ish jeans and a man's shirt I've literally worn this for but you look great it suits you and it's a classic it would look great if I knew what an iron was and how to use it not interested in that at all (laughs) better things to do (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. You touched um, just then on the, the dreaded fashion rules and the even more dreaded age appropriate. They've got such a lot to answer for, haven't they? Oh, such a lot to answer for. And I don't understand why we're all so beholden to these rules that leaves so many people paralysed with fear of getting it wrong. There are so many that you just need to say, forget it. There are some that work and can offer quite a lot of insight into how you think you should be dressing or how you should be dressing. I shouldn't even say should because you can dress how you want. But I think a lot of them just need to be re- <laughs> put in the bin. Are there any that you'd keep? Anything that you think is genuinely useful? I think rules about proportion, which I touch on a lot in the book, because I think that's a better way to frame things. So it's about the way pieces proportionally work together. It's not about your body. It's not about, you know, whether you're a, the size of a piece of fruit or the shape of a piece of fruit. <laughs> oh, my God, that whole apple pear grapes thing. It's just crazy. But you did exactly what I did. You Googled rules and yeah. there are millions of them. And yeah. I, I say in the book, I'm part of the problem because I wrote about those rules for years. <laughs> yeah. And I edited people writing about them. I, I can't justify it now. No, I find it bizarre. And then when I was researching the book, there were lots of magazines that I was looking back at and not even that long ago. And there'd be pictures of women on beaches with wrong written across them on the when they were in a bikini and right and on the next you're thinking these women don't know they're being photographed and they don't know they're being held up as they're just having a nice time on the beach with their family I, I find that really really worrying has it moved on a bit from that now it feels like it has that social media has made that ease up a bit or am I just not looking at the right magazines no, things. I think I think magazines are probably getting a lot better at it. I'm not sure it's 100% there on social media. I think there's obviously the huge body positivity movement, which is amazing. But I mean, even last week, I got a message from somebody telling me I my arms were huge and I needed to cover them up. And Seriously? I hope yeah. them to fuck off. Oh, I, I blocked them. It was, she'd done it a few times on different subjects. It's really sad because I've noticed this a lot, that suddenly sometimes people can turn and you've had perfectly nice conversations with them on DM in the past because I scrolled up and just thought, we've had nice conversations before. She said nice things previously. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. But then you also get the people that say, well, you put yourself out there. Yeah, I do. But shouldn't there be a bit of kindness just because you think it? Do you have to say it? That is the problem with social media, though, isn't it? The things that you wouldn't say to someone's face, it's easy to just type and send. Yeah, it is. And I'm getting much better at just walking away from that and throwing my eyes to the ceiling and thinking, you don't know me. You've never met me because the vast majority of people are very positive and very kind. And it's not as though you want to sit in an echo chamber and hear how great you are. But equally, I don't need to hear that somebody thinks I'm fat. It's not necessary. It doesn't help me. And it's not going to make me feel great about myself. And I've definitely noticed with social media that I have stepped away slightly it's unfortunate that the few negatives that you do get make you question how much you do share it's that kind of classic thing though isn't it you can get a hundred lovely comments and two negative ones and the only ones you remember are the negative ones yeah absolutely it's so annoying and I screenshot the lovely ones and then remind myself at a later date when I'm feeling low my husband's very pragmatic about it and he's the one that will just go oh doesn't matter who they don't know you 
no and it, it's that kind of thing but there's just no need of the people who aren't horrible um what are the most common uh questions that you get from your followers most common problems it's the ones that I touched on earlier so there's lots of mm. returning to work after you know a period of time off whether that be maternity leave illness completely change career they want specific advice because I do a thing on Sunday called Sunday Styling. Well, it's almost sort of my way of doing a digital magazine feature, really. So I put outfits together based on a specific issue. So it could be wedding guest wear or it could be uh, last week I did casual wear if you're back on the school run or you're sick of wearing tracksuits at home. So it's quite formulaic. But I get such a huge response from that because people like to see what they should be doing visually. When you walk into a shop, it's good to see the mannequin. You want to see how other people have put things together because it gives you ideas. I think what what I'm becoming very conscious of is not extolling the virtues of buying new all the time. So I try to make sure that I'm including ideas that people probably have in their wardrobes already and it might just spark an idea to wear something new, put things together in a new way. I personally wear a lot of secondhand, a lot of vintage pieces, which previously I would never have shown on Instagram because I thought it always had to be new and people had to swipe up and buy. Mm. Whereas now the feedback I get is that there is, seems to be this return to those days of buying a magazine and not being able to buy something immediately so you'd rip that page out and you'd put it in your bag and you'd look and I think there is a return to that so actually me sharing secondhand bits might inspire someone to go and do the same or try and look for something similar on eBay or other pre-loved websites so it's just trying to be conscious that it's not all about shopping it's about ideas and it's about giving women the tools and the confidence to do it themselves and not just feel that they have to have or create a facsimile copy of somebody else's outfit. It's about putting yourself into your outfit. And that's so important to me. You know, it comes back to age. It's a kind of, right, I'm 43. I know who I am now and I know how I want to look. And I think if every woman feels that, we'll all just be a lot happier. Yeah, and it sounds so simple, but it so isn't, is oh, it? it's so you complicated. Know. There are so many layers to it. And I know that it sounds trite even saying it in those terms, but I think if we all have to start somewhere. You know, it's, it's, we're still the same. We still, like, love clothes. We're still the same person inside, but it just doesn't all quite hang together like it used to. Have you got any kind of shopping tips or, or online shopping tips? Online shopping tips? Well, I think just being honest about what it is you like, whether you, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm not interested in polyester mixed clothes now. I know of a lot of friends who are going through the menopause and they cannot deal with that at all. Layering is <laughs> not kidding. <laughs> layering is brilliant because you can strip off or if you're getting sweaty or the, you've got options. Start off small, start off with a colour you like, start off with a fabric you like, just put things on that make you feel good. I would always say size up regardless of your size because there is certain cool to a slouch. You don't have to have things form fitting and uncomfortable that you're going to be pulling down awkwardly all day. So I would always say go up. You make the point and I make the point in our book. Look at men's collections. You know, men's cashmere crew necks from MS are my go-to. Yeah, um, brilliant. Yeah. And they're slouchy and warm and cosy and you know, they're in much more muted colours that will last you years. Go for classic pieces that you can then mix in with your existing wardrobe. So you just mentioned menopause then. 
maybe all your friends who are in it. Lucky you, because when I went into it, none of my friends were, and they were all like, oh, get away, it might be catching. How equipped for it do you feel? How much do you feel you know? I don't really. I mean, I, I've i talked about anxiety a little bit on social media, and I've always had the same response. It's probably perimenopause. You're probably looking down the barrel of the perimenopause. I just feel HRT will be my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think the more people talk about it, the better, because I love that you referenced that Amy Schumer piece, because that is one of my favourite clips ever. The last um, couple day, yeah? Yeah. And my friend messaged me because she's going through a chemically induced menopause because she had breast cancer and she just thought that was the best thing ever and she sent it to me and I just remember thinking this is so true and yet why why is this we've got potentially another 40 years on this planet does that mean we're completely dead from the waist down it's nuts it feels like there's conspiracy of silence around menopause but that's you know it's been shattered around puberty and around periods and around pregnancy and breastfeeding and and all of that so I'm hoping that menopause is you know starting to come out into the open and I hope so I really hope so because I'm so sick of women feeling like all of these things that they go through periods every single month is a shameful thing breastfeeding is a shameful thing it's not (laughs) we're all doing these things every single day somewhere in the world and yet we're not allowed to talk about it we've got to whisper about it or we've got to hide it away and pretend that it's not happening and you know it's the same with gray hair I mean I obviously none of us could go to the hairdresser during lockdown and I after the the initial panic when all my grays started to come through I relaxed into it I'm peering I can't see any Oh, well, I have I've had them done, but I'm going I'm going tomorrow. It's coming through thick and fast, and huge clumps at the side. Yeah, um, I've got that as well. But I became okay with it because there was nothing I could do. No, and would you go grey? Are you tempted to go grey? Well, this is the interesting question. I don't think I'm quite there yet. However, I was watching something on the television the other day, and there was a woman on there who had the coolest, dead straight gorgeous glossy grey hair she just looks amazing and there have been lots of people who I'm now sort of pinning on Pinterest or saving on Instagram who are grey whether by choice or design I'm not sure but they look fantastic so I'm definitely moving more towards that whereas it would previously have been an absolutely no way now I'm like well save me a fortune (laughs) yeah and all the time as well I mean, that's the thing, like I say in the book, when I did consider it, my hairdresser just laughed at me. <laughs> it's just like, Sam, you can't even get your ass here every six months for a trim. You know, it's like, this is not going to happen. But it's interesting, you've got a grey inspiration mood board on Pinterest, because so have I. So I'll check yeah. yours out afterwards. Yeah. There's, um, there is also a movement on Instagram. Oh, Grombray. Grombray. Well done. Yes. I think things are shifting slowly. And the more people like Michelle Obama talk about menopause, then the better, really. I mean, my my dream is for, you know, all the women in positions of power just to be completely open about that. I know. You can know, you imagine, if you're... Can you imagine a, politi- a female politician of a certain age going on stage and just going, sorry, guys, I'm just having terrible sweat. And yeah. then just, but just getting the job done and, and kicking ass, I think, you know, let's, let's get there. 
<laughs> Make it normal. Have you got any kind of fail safe or go to stores that you know that you'll find something? Because I think that's what everybody will want to know from you, oh fashion guru. I always find things in our cat. I like and other stories, but I find their sizing frustrating. I really like our cat. I do like bits in cars. I think their accessories are excellent. H and M. I mean, I'm, I know I'm going in this whole under the one store. H and M. I really like on the high street because I always look at their trends. I think that's a top tip: is to work out within a brand which range appeals to you more. And so the trend range in H&M is the range that you'll always see on Instagram. So it will be the it dress on Instagram will always come from the trend range. And you can filter that. So learn how to filter on the website. You can just click concept trend. um, And that's where you'll find the cooler pieces. And they've got their conscious collection, which is great. I think John Lewis are doing amazing things. I think John Lewis are doing really great things with their own brand ranges. So Kin and Modern Rarity, which are both very different. So Modern Rarity is slightly more romantic, slightly more um, colour, whereas Kin is quite Margaret Howell, a little bit cos, quite architectural, um, a little bit oversized. Very different, but I think they've really got a great thing going for different customers there. Um, And it's nice to see brands who are doing something a bit different within quite a big organisation. Yeah, catering for so many people. Yeah. I've got a few questions that I always ask at the end. So firstly, what's your emotional age? I would say probably a bit younger than I am now, maybe 35. That's interesting. Why is that? People often say 30-something, actually. Because 20-something, I was still trying to find my groove. wasn't really sure who I was. 35, I'd had my two children, and I just felt quite calm and connected to who I was and where I was in life. So I think 35 was quite a good, solid age for me. What book would you uh, want to push on a friend? The one that has had the biggest impact on me in the last couple of years was A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. It just moved me in so many ways. I burst into tears. I can't tell you how many times. And it's not easy. My brother-in-law is reading it now, actually, and he messaged me the other day saying, I think you might need to talk me through this one but I love I thought that was just stunning um what advice would you give younger women be yourself be proud of being yourself don't try and change who you are people will always like you if you're comfortable with yourself I see that so often on social media where you're seeing a portrayal of somebody on social media and then you meet them in real life and they're nothing like that and I think there is a real worry that there'll be a generation who think they have to be a certain way in order to fit in and that really worries me so that's what I always say to my own children is just always be yourself and it doesn't matter if some people don't like you because that's always going to be the case in life anyway. That's true. What's your superpower? What is my superpower? Well, I can walk into a shop and I can pick the best bits instantly. That's a hell of a superpower, I've got to say. If you give me a shop, I will find them within five minutes. That's a programme idea. <laughs> we should vlog that, Erica. <laughs> Let's do it. Can I wear a cape? Yeah. <laughs> wear anything you want. You're the fashion boss around here. <laughs> Name a role model, a kind of old bird role model. Michelle Obama. I love I love Iris Apfel because I just I love that she just doesn't care. 
Oh gosh, so many people, so many people. I can't possibly start listing people. I love old film stars, all the supermodels, Helena Christensen, Cindy Crawford. You know, that's my era of model and I can't believe they're all 50. So many cool women who are over 40, just getting started. That's brilliant. Um, And lastly, how many fucks do you give? I would still say maybe two or three, but I'm working on zero. (laughs) That's excellent. Thank you so much, Erica. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sam. Really enjoyed that. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can reach me on Twitter at Sam Baker and Instagram at the other Sam Baker using the hashtag The Shift. You can hear a new episode of The Shift each week on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please do rate and subscribe because it really does help other people find us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.